0: It's that time of year again when we reflect on the 12 months that have passed and look forward to the 12 ahead of us. But who cares about what's going to happen in the world or our own personal lives in 2022? Let's talk about the matchups we really want to see in mixed martial arts. Nothing like a good distraction from the things that actually matter. Today we'll be counting down the fights that must happen this year. No excuses. In 2020 we got 5 from our list. In 2021 only 3. Unacceptable. We expect 10 for 10 this year and we will have it. Now these are not fights that have already been announced or are pretty much a lock. These are the ones that are either hung up in some way or that we just desperately want to see in the coming year. Let's stream, fight fans. I'm Tommy from MMA on Point, and these are the top 10 fights we need to see in 2022. <laughs> Number 10, Hamza Chimaya versus vs. Colby Covington. They say the best business deals are the ones where everybody feels like they got one over on the other party. And Hamza Chimaya versus vs. Colby Covington is exactly that. Everybody is a winner here. If the surging Hamza can knock off arguably the most established recent title challenger and big name star in the division, Covington, he'll have a guaranteed shot at gold immediately afterwards, especially if his performance is dominant. And for Colby, who has now lost to the champion twice in just three fights, he'll have the opportunity to crush a fighter with some of the big Biggest Hype scene in some time, placing him solidly back in the title picture, likely only needing another win after that to get his third shot at welterweight immortality. Everybody wins here, especially the fans. This is such a fun fight. We get to see Big High put to the test against one of the toughest he could possibly face. Both are high-level grapplers, both can scrap, both have massive amounts of charisma. I'm sure the buildup would be full of horrible things said by both sides. Come shot Jemaya. It's the type of fight that has so many ways it can deliver, from a sudden and shocking quick finish to a drawn-out five-round war. The two have already been jawing back and forth plenty for months now, Colby recently said that Shemayev needs more wins to fight him, and we know there were tough talks for a season with Chaos and Jorge Masvidal, but those might have fizzled. If Covington is in Hamzad's first fight this year, let's hope it's his second because this one could be a classic. Number nine, Jose Aldo versus Dominic Cruz. It's the WEC super fight we never got. So how about now, 12 years later, when these ageless wonders are still kicking ass and are fighting in the same division, we have them throw down to see who's the best fighter of 2010. Obviously I kid about the stakes, but what a damn fun fight that would be right now. In 2021, Cruz finally had two fights in the calendar year, the first time since 2016 and won both. His victory over Pedro Munoz at UFC 269, an incredible come-from-behind win that earned him a fight of the night. Dom looked fast and mean, just like we like him. Aldo's move to bantamweight in 2019 got off to a rough start, but since losing his title challenge to Piotr Jan, the King of Rio has won three straight and looked absolutely fantastic in his dismantling of Rob Font at Vegas 44. As of this writing, Jose sits at three, hoping for a fight with former champ and number two, TJ Dillashaw. The problem being that TJ is pretty well lined up for a title fight at the moment, and for him to fight Aldo just wouldn't make any sense. I know we'd be hopping a few young contenders to have number seven Cruz go head-to-head with Jose, but it's such a fun fight, it's really hard to argue against putting it together. If we don't see either man reclaiming gold in 2022, why not have a fun prestige fight with two living legends going at it, while they're still both sharp and will put on a show. Number 8. Aljamain Sterling versus Pyotr Jan 2 Okay, I know what you're gonna say. I don't want to see Aljo at all. He doesn't deserve a rematch with Jan. That's great, but he has the title. The belt is in his possession. I know you don't agree with the situation. I know that Sterling wasn't winning the fight when the DQ happened. It's unprecedented, and the entire situation is weird. Even Jan doesn't seem interested in winning back the title. He's gone full Taz at ECW walking around with the FTW belt. And I do want to see Piotr take on TJ Dillashaw. That is a fight that needs to happen, and it definitely will. But before that, we have to put this belt back together. You can't just leave Aljo the champ and pretend the strap doesn't matter anymore. They're not going to strip him without reason. So let's have a fight. A DQ is a DQ. It doesn't matter how the fight was going before then. Jan didn't have to throw the knee. Yeah... And I know you think Aljo deserves an Oscar, but it happened, so let's resolve this damn thing once and for all. Personally, I do find Sterling's heel antics since winning the title pretty funny, but in all seriousness, let's not pretend that Aljamain isn't a top-tier talent. This could end up being a great fight the second time around, and it could go the other way. Randy Couture dominated Chuck Liddell in their first meeting, but had nothing for him in their two rematches. When you're talking about two champion-caliber fighters, the idea that this is just entirely cut and dry is silly. It needs to happen again. The belts need to be unified, make this fight in 2022 so this awesome bantamweight division can move on. Number seven, Valentina Shevchenko versus Juliana Pena. Another fight like Covington versus Hamzat that just makes sense for all parties involved. Juliana Pena truly shocked the world with her massive upset win over Amanda Nunez. And while we certainly want to see that rematch, and very likely will in 2022, while Nunez gets ready, how about a second go with the bullet Valentina Shevchenko? Flight or dispatched the current bantamweight champ in 2017 with a second round armbar before going on to lose a razor-thin split decision to Nunez. She since, of course, ruled over the flyweight division with an iron fist and shin, but given that at the very top, there aren't a lot of big-time matchups for Valentina at 125 at the moment, why not take a dip back into the bantamweight pool for a chance at double champ status? What makes this fight so fun is that the stakes are enormous. If Shevchenko can win, she now holds two titles and adds greatly to her legacy, setting up that coveted third fight with the Lioness. If Pena can win this bout that she would surely be the underdog in, she has in back-to-back bouts upset the two arguably best-female female fighters of all time. Talk about some big ass fucking feathers in your cap, and it would only make the Nunes rematch an even bigger deal. This fight is one of the absolute best you could make in the women's divisions right now, and Peña has expressed interest in getting that win back from Shevchenko. Let's hope the bullet is just his game, because this one would be awesome. Number six. Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards. Give this man his damn title shot. Leon Edwards is unbeaten in ten straight bouts since taking on the champ back in 2015, when both were on the come up. It's time for a rematch, and it absolutely makes sense in the division. He's number three, but the two fighters ahead of him both had title challenges in 2021, coming up short. And Edwards holds a win over number four Vicente Luque. Usman needs challengers, and it's way too early for Hamzat. I'm sorry, that's why him fighting Covington makes so much sense. Because you don't get a title fight off a win over Li Jing Liang. The match all fight with Leon fell through, and I don't see any reason to rebook it. But if they did and Edwards wins, at that point denying him a challenge to Kamaru's title is beyond ridiculous. It would be a prestigious defense for Usman against a well-revered challenger in terms of his skills and abilities. And I'm genuinely curious how it would play out this time. A lot has happened since their 2015 bout, and nobody is the same fighter they were 7 years ago. They met on their way up, it's time to see them meet at the top. Usman was very heavy on takedowns in their first bout, but in recent title defenses, he's grown into to his striking a great deal. What does a stand-up fight with Edwards look like? Well, Leon's landed 24% more significant strikes than his combined opponents since fighting Kamaru. It's an intriguing matchup, and it's time to give this long-running joke about Edwards getting passed up for more popular fighters a send-off in 2022. Number five, Amanda Nunes versus Kayla Harrison. Whoa, Tommy, what is this? White just talked about how Amanda Nunez losing to Pena completely derailed this super fight with Kayla Harrison. But did it really, Uncle Dana? Because whether Nunes regains the Bantamweight title beforehand or not, you can't say that people would not be intrigued to see the Lioness defend her featherweight crown against Harrison. Maybe it's not the blockbuster Dallas Cowboy Stadium fight you were hoping for, but it's absolutely still a massive matchup, easily one of the biggest of all time in the women's divisions. To deny us this bout in 2022 would be as Luke Thomas used to say, promotional malpractice. Yes, ideally you would want to see Amanda come back and dominate Pena before you make that fight, but even if that's not the case, now is still the time for this fight to happen. Kayla is more than ready, she's 12-0, she's made at least least two million in the PFL, and while yes, she could go back and make another Millie, or go fight Cyborg and Bellator, a win over Nunez is still the most she could do for her legacy at this moment, and a reign as the UFC's featherweight champion could be as potentially lucrative as any other decision she could make in the long term. We can't act like a single bad night somehow erases Amanda's entire legacy. Yes, it's a slightly harder sell than before, but let's not act like this isn't still an enormous matchup. Dana, I have no doubt you can make this work. Number four, Henry Cejudo versus Alexander Volkanov. It's time to see if Triple C can really live up to that name in mixed martial arts, not just two titles and an Olympic gold. Although, knowing Cejudo, if he were to defeat Alexander Volkanovski for the featherweight title, he would most certainly call himself Quadruple C, or maybe Quad C for short. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we don't need the trilogy bout between Volk and Max Holloway. We absolutely do, and of course, if Blessed were to come out on top, we would want Cejudo to face him as well. But that fight has not been booked yet, and the point of this entry is that it would be incredible to see Henry return from his abrupt. Retirement in 2020 and throw himself at yet another challenge. A title challenge in a third weight class to be exact. The man is 34, but he's only had 18 pro bouts. And while his legacy is certainly concrete should he stay retired, he's not getting any younger. So if he really wants to get back into this, and he's been calling out Alex as well as just about anyone who makes a splash within 30 pounds of him. What's up, Valentina? Another title run needs to happen sooner than later. We're totally fine with him staying triple C as well. If he wants to return to Bantamweight, how amazing would to be to see him fight the winner of Sterling and Jan. That division is so stacked right now. Throwing Cejudo back in the mix just makes it batshit crazy. And of course his injection into 145 would also be just as welcome. There's really no downside to seeing Henry Cejudo returning to the title picture in some capacity in the UFC. And it would be damn fine if we got to see it in the coming year. Number 3. Dustin Poirier versus Nate Diaz. Dana wants it. The fans want it. Dustin wants it. And Nate, well, Nate wanted it for a second, but then he said it wasn't going to happen and ask for something in January, but that's rapidly approaching and the chances are at this point he's going to have to wait. This is fucking dog shit! So who better to wait for than Poirier? Since Diaz won't fight Connor until he quote grows his leg back. The two were scheduled for a bout in Madison Square Garden at UFC 230 in 2018, but things got off to a rocky start, got even rockier along the way, and then after Poirier pulled out because of his hip, the thing was officially dead in the water. With Dustin having recently come up short for the lightweight title, it looks as if he's content to step back for a moment, but he's made it clear that he wants that Nate fight he never got to have. And better yet, let's do it at Welterweight. No cutting, just fighting. As of days before this writing, the bout appeared to have fizzled out, but that's just how these things go when you're dealing with a Diaz brother. Money fixes everything, and a fight between these two would certainly be a big draw, one of the few non-title matchups that you could even headline a pay-per-view show with and potentially make some solid earnings. Not to mention the fight itself could easily be a classic. Both fighters can go for days when it comes to the stand-up, it's just about the fan-friendliest fight you could put on in 2022. So if Dana really means it when he says if the fans won it, we'll make it, find a way to make this one happen, DFW. Number two, Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev. All right, so we didn't get Tony versus Habib. It hurt, it still hurts. But if we can't have Ferguson versus Nurmagomedov in 2022 give us their value brand equivalent in Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev. That's inspired. I joke, of course, they are certainly not discount in any way. Olivera's 10-fight win streak and title reign thus far has proved to be quite impressive with the potential to be all-time best depending on where things go. Not to mention he holds damn near every finishing record in the promotion, and Islam, shit, he might just end up destroying the entire division altogether. A new Habib who has three fights a year and is looking to smash for a long time to come. He's already bordering on the title picture at fourth in the division, and that's what makes this fight so great. Let's say it takes place in late 2022. Maybe Charlie Olives defends against Gaethje. What a bolstering of his reign that would be. Maybe he has a big profile win against Connor or rematches Chandler. But even if Oliveira loses, the Makachev fight could still make a ton of sense for this coming year, depending on when it happens. It's time to rekindle that Sambo versus Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu rivalry. And who better to do it than Habib's heir apparent and the guy who has the most submission wins in the entire history of the UFC. Let's just hope this matchup doesn't get scheduled five times and then never happen. Why did you say that? WHY'D YOU JUST SAY THAT?! Number one, John Jones versus the heavyweight champion. The last time John Jones walked into an octagon was before COVID protocols began all the way back in February of 2020. Might as well have been a lifetime ago. Yeah, those were some pretty crazy times. He skipped the majority of that year and 2021 as well to our dismay. Discontent with the UFC's offers and content on taking his time bulking up to heavyweight. Even recently claiming he intends to reach about 275 pounds walking around before he returns to action. Whether that's humanly possible in the amount of time planning, I'll leave up to you. But whatever weight JBJ may be this year, he needs to fight again. And it must be the heavyweight champion. That much is obvious. You don't bring Jones up a weight class for him to potentially get knocked out in a title eliminator with Derek Lewis and then retire after the loss or something. He's arguably the greatest fighter ever and still truly unbeaten. So he can skip the line this one time because we want to see if he can handle the best of the best. Jones has said, Cyril Ghosn poses some interesting problems. And of course, everyone's anxious to find out how he would deal with the power, and it would appear following his victory against Stipe Miocic at UFC 260, the patience of current heavyweight king Francis Ngannou. Either matchup sounds like an absolute classic, and I guess we'll find out who that will be in just a few weeks. The UFC's youngest ever champion isn't exactly old, but he's 34, and time is running out. If the previous gaps in his career are the pattern, who knows how many more fights we'll actually get to see. But there is so much intrigue about a heavyweight JBJ. Some very interesting matchups at the top enough for him to leave no doubt should he win that he's the best to ever do it. It's time for the king to return. Big ol' shout out to my dude Luke Taylor for editing this video together. You can find him and his awesome digital art on Twitter at cool to me underscore. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. All right, that's all I got for you. Thanks for watching. Please like, subscribe, and have a wonderful day.